Look, I think if you think you've got a good idea, first of all, have a go, no question, right? But secondly, I think you need to do your research Mm. and see that you're actually solving a problem that the market will pay for. Mm. Otherwise, you're just doing all these wonderful blue sky ideas, you spend all your money and that's it. So welcome to Series 3 of Startup West and Happy New Year. It's 2021 and it's going to be a great one. This is the podcast about building scalable startups in sunny Western Australia and my name's Charlie Gunningham. And I'm Danelle Cross and before we start, it's our 50th episode. 50th episode, a big one. Woohoo, go us. Half a century. It is. (laughs) And uh, we'd love you to subscribe to this podcast. We'd like you to tell everyone about us and give us a review on wherever you get your podcast. It helps others find us. So in the main, we like to talk with startup founders, those brave people who risk it all and plough their money, time and energy into doing something new, disruptive and difficult. We ask them what they do and and any learnings along the way. And on this episode, we have Dr. Suzanne Barn, the founder and CEO of mining tech and safety systems company Tap Into Safety. Hi, Sue, and welcome to Startup West. Fantastic to have you here. <laughs> Thank you. It's really great to be here. Now, and wow, you... your 50th birthday. I feel so honoured. Happy birthday, Startup wow. Great to have you. Great to have you here. And I think you were one of the first startups I wrote about in business news back in 2014. Something That's like that. Correct, you mm. were. Yes. So, can you tell us a little bit about Tap into Safety, like what it does and how it's going? Right. Well, Tap into Safety is an online and mobile friendly training platform. At the moment, it has over 90 courses for safety, mental health, leaders, managers, supervisors, soft skills training. Right. Uh, it also has a really good back end, um, has excellent assessment and Gap analysis reporting, which is really important for audit trails and things like that for mm-hmm. our customers. Um, we, and are your customers mainly in mining? I, no, no, they're all not they, at all. Brought, in fact, you've no. built way out <laughs> yeah. into lots of industries, yeah. haven't you? Well, you know, critical risk is risk. Yeah. It's the same across any critical risk industry, and um, industries that we service are obviously mining and services to mining, but also very much into construction, civil construction, right? A lot of warehouse logistics, yeah, okay. uh, a bit of energy, a little bit of oil and gas, and then we just have ordinary white collar organisations that use our supervisor leadership training. Yeah, right. so and it's behind very the name, broad. tap into safety. It's literally you tap on an uh, an iPad or a or a tablet, and you can see safety problems and identify them and do various questionnaires. Is that the idea? And training online, is that? So Charlie's talking what we were 2014. Oh, right, sorry. <laughs> Tell us how it's so... evolved. Because it's still called Tap into Safety. So. I know. Well, right. you can't change your name or right. you shouldn't change your name. It's not a good yeah. idea. And at the end of the day, yes, we're on online and on mobile device, so hence mm. the tap piece. Right. A lot of our training is around safety and high-risk work, um, but we also have a mental health section, a whole series of mental health courses. But then again, safety is no longer physical safety. It's now physical and psychological. Yes. And then we have a whole series of other training pieces for supervisors, leaders and managers. Yeah. So... Yes, we've got a quandary here. Do we change our name (laughs) or do we just continue with our branding that people understand already and do we just flesh out our training platform? Right. So, um, Because it could be like you tap dance into safety. I mean, there's lots of ways you could think of tap, Well, exactly. Tap someone on the shoulder, (laughs) you're doing all right, mate. Well, tapping into as well, just into your safety culture. Hey, So we use that all the way. So, yeah. And where did the idea come from, Sue? 
Well, so originally um, I was an academic working at um, Edith Cowan University. I was working in a research role and um, through the research that I was doing, which was around safety at the time, mm. there was a gap um, in trying to get critical risks and those sorts of training into something that was engaging because back then it was just simply death by PowerPoint and unfortunately there's a lot of organisations that are still doing that. Mm. So we were thinking, well, there's got to be another way to engage yeah. and if we can engage then we can embed the learning. How do we move safety training into adult learning principles? So micro-learning and self-paced and one little piece at a time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because the problem is, you know, you sit there in front of a PowerPoint and it's concept after concept after concept, knowledge, knowledge, piece, piece, mm-hmm. you know. And quite frankly, research says after the first seven minutes you're already thinking about right. your weekend. In so one ear, out the other. What's yeah. the point, you know? So it's actually better um, to build on one piece at a time and at our pace. So that's where we we are. Mm. Um, we're finding we're getting really good traction for our platform because of that focus. Yeah. But the thing that they really want and really need mm. is an audit trail to show that they actually mm. are providing a safe and mentally healthy workplace. So right. they need reports. Yes. Right. So you can't just have a video, here you go, and yes, you attended, tick, tick, right. tick. You've actually got to have an assessment to show you actually understand it, just like any other university assessment you would have had on any other university course, Mm -hmm. um, but down to the level of shop floor worker. And then you need to have reporting so you can track what you're doing over time and and so on because when WorkSafe knock on that door, what are you going to show them? Mm. And if you have an incident, how can you show they actually did more than just induct them on day one? Put a couple of signs up. Yeah. And obviously there's been some changes to workplace laws mm. quite, a, quite a number recently. So the, the, your content has evolved. Do you want to talk, talk us a bit through that? Yeah, so um, we've just introducing in WA the Work Health and Safety Act. It hasn't actually become law mm-hmm. yet, but it's about to be. And we have industrial manslaughter, of course, that we've adopted you know, through the Labor government. And so that then just really comes back to what I just said. Mm. You've got to show compliance. You've got to show mm. that you are actually doing more than just inducting people and doing an Are You OK Day and providing an EAP. Right. Mm. It's just not enough. Mm. You know, you've actually got to show that you're actually proactive in this space. So it's our reporting that um, actually sells our platform more than anything else. Mm. Right. We have great training, no question. Mm. Right. We have a fantastic pricing model that, you know, can service a very small firm right up to a very large one. And that's fantastic, all of that. But it's our reporting mm. that makes us different. Mm. Is it quite a competitive space? A lot of people moved into this area? Yeah, there's look, there's a lot. There's a lot of platforms that are like marketplaces and I won't mention the competitors, mm. but there are. Right. Um, the problem with them is one, they often take many different types of training companies and put them on their portals, which means right. people who choose those training pieces have to navigate around different systems and different entry points and how to get trained. So when workers aren't particularly literate in in using devices and using software and using online training, and mm. lots aren't because literacy is an issue still, English might not be a first language, it's hard for people to navigate around different platforms. Right. And also there's all different costs around them as well. So we're finding that we have one flow one platform, 90 courses, new courses every single week, growing, growing, growing. Wow. People just have to learn one thing. Mm. Mm. They just sign in and here we go. This is how the platform works and all the training has a very similar flow. 
Yeah. Right. Mm. And can you tell us a little bit about that pricing model? Mm. Well, COVID changed things for us as well. So I think I might talk about mm. COVID sure, a little bit. Yeah. Mm. So we had already changed our pricing model before COVID hit because we found that smaller firms, for example, didn't want to be locked into 12-month, three-year contracts. They didn't have the budget. They weren't prepared to jump in because, you know, new technologies, people are a bit reluctant to try. Mm -hmm. So we thought, right, let's not do that. Let's change the way trainings consume now and you pay per use. So not pay per classroom with 20 people in, Mm -hmm. which is the traditional way, not pay an annual subscription where you always pay more than you ever use, just pay for what you use. Mm. So we started a credit model, minimum 20 credits to get in, $240 including GST, so that's nothing to try it. And then that way you can go, yeah, yeah, I like this, like that, let's buy more credits and we'll do a course on, you know, manual handling or we'll do a course on working around mobile plant or whatever it is that is our issue at the moment. And we just, those credits last for 12 months. So they buy a little bundle, they use them, they buy a bit more. And we've had huge amount of recurring clients because of it and much more coming in using the platform. Mm, That's actually a really clever pricing model because it puts the onus on the thing being really useful for them, otherwise they won't use it. Mm -hmm. So your job is to make it really, really useful so Mm -hmm. they use it and then you get paid more money. Correct. So then you focus (laughs) Focus on on that core. Exactly. So therefore new courses every week Mm. driven by the market so I'm out to my clients all the time. What do you need? What's your gap? What do you want? Yes. What can I do? Or as I'm also presenting, you know, to people online, which I do, just how I sell, um, I just say to them, you know, what's missing on our platform? Yes. What bit is your focus? So they feed me. They tell me, oh, we need a we need a course on, for example, access egress barrier selection. What is that? <laughs> That's keeping people away from a construction site. Right. How do you put your barriers up? Right. It's a major issue on mm. the civil side. How do you then go and design that course? Well, there's plenty of codes of practice. There's plenty of um, guidance notes from Safe Work Australia, from WorkSafe, et cetera. Right. There's plenty of other um, blog posts and decent articles on Mm. how to do it. Mm. So I just look at those sorts of things. I'm a researcher. It's not Mm. exactly hard to find. And also I am a safety expert. It's not hard to actually write what you should do. Yeah. Right. And in fact, we've probably already got a piece on it already and all we do is flesh it out a little more. Mm. I love that because so many startups they get, they fall in love with their product and try and flog it to a customer. Mm. What you're doing is you're falling in love with a customer problem, mm-hmm. being very, very close to them and letting mm-hmm. them feed you Indeed. the products they need. Indeed. It's such an important core lesson that. Sure is. But yeah. the other piece we have, which makes us completely different from anybody else in the market, we can customise. Mm. Right. So when they take a course or they see a course and they go, hey, so, you know, that's us, but can I have my safety language in there? Mm. It's actually not an issue for us. We just go down to Subiaco down the road here and use our wonderful Magic Studios who do our audio for us. Mm. We put a little custom piece in. We animate it here in Perth because it's in our studio. And literally I can have an edited version within three days. Amazing. I can get yeah. a course built in a week. Now that is yeah. unheard of. Mm. Yeah. And also customization is very inexpensive. And that becomes their version. Mm. So the bigger right. clients like 
their little take on it. How big is the company now in terms of staff? Uh, We're only five. We don't need any more. We really don't need any more. Nice and lean, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So um, there's myself and my husband who are the founders, so we do all the, you know, the heavy work. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) All the work. All the, you know, (laughs) run the business stuff and um, so on. I do the sales and marketing because I've just found that because I understand the industry so well, Mm. I'm the one that's the best to sell. And to talk to the client and make sure it's all okay. I write a lot of the content too because, once again, academic background and so on. You're thinking, how the hell are you doing all this in a day? Well, you can because you get very efficient, very, very efficient in what you're doing. And and when it's 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 second nature, that's right. It's really quick. You can write a course really quickly. So, um, and then you look, I have an animator, fantastic, right. she's gold, and I have a, a, a software developer and a, um, my managing director who's is basically just um, working with the software dev on the back end. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to make our experience really good as well. Mm. That's really important, mm. you know, when you've got your administrators in there. And They've you've been funded, be I think angel mm. funding? Um, your no. own money or? Oh, our, our money, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Always start with that. Uh, a little bit of family and friends in the beginning. Right. And then private equity. Okay. Yeah. So not angels. Mm. No, not angels. That's mm. a bit different. I think you're the mm. first person who's had that. Mm. Can you yeah. tell us a little bit about how that mm. came about how? and how that's been? Um, if you can okay. share. So the first um, piece of private equity came from a referral from someone else in the community who's heavily involved in the Met sector. So, um, yes, so Peter came on board because he was really interested in tech. So he was our first. And then from there I did go and pitch to Angels and then it was a referral from the lovely Tracy, she's just gorgeous, who then went through her network and that's how we have Tim and Tony as part of Dorado. Right, okay, so that's, that's heavy-duty private equity. Very Dorado much capital. so. That yes. was a very large investment. And yeah. yeah. And how has it been? Well, it's nice to have the money, <laughs> um, of course. Uh, look, they've, they've been nice shareholders and investors to work with. Mm-hmm. They're on our advisory board and, you know, Great. yeah, mm. yeah, they've been really nice to work with. So Great to hear. At the moment we're not raising. We mm. we don't need to. You're growing. Um, yeah, you know, we're, we're trying to just keep I'm assuming you have clients all around Australia and overseas. Mm. We have all around Australia. Overseas is still coming. We've had a couple, but it's mm. we're just launching now. This is where, where our big focus is. Let's move internationally now. Ooh, it's a scoop yeah. for Startup West podcast. Yes, indeed. Great. You heard it here. <laughs> Going international. Yeah. So um, would that be the US? Or? Yeah. So right. well, US or anybody that uses OSHA, which is their health and safety legislation. Right. So that could be Philippines, quite a few countries in Europe all use OSHA as okay. their, their sort of framework. So, yeah, yeah, so that's where we're moving is international. And talk us through some of the challenges that you've had <laughs> over the last seven years. Wow, <laughs> lots. Mm, sure. um, yeah, okay, so I guess trying to focus mm-hmm. and trying to work out what is it that the market actually wants. We knew we had a good idea. And we knew that by adding the mental health piece, that was really strong. Mm. It was only last year we added the supervisor leadership management stuff because I didn't realise there was such a market and it's massive. Right. We get a lot of interest just in that because 
supervisors are generally not that great mm-hmm. and they're not well trained. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're just tapped on the shoulder on Friday and, hey, you're a supervisor on Monday. Right. So they can't communicate. They can't listen mm-hmm. or actively listen. They don't know how to resolve conflict because they've never had to. Mm-hmm. So that's huge. Um, the challenges, though, were just before COVID hit, we were starting to recognise that the market was changing and that rather than wanting lots of customised work from God woe, they actually wanted us to already have courses on the platform that they could then customise if they wanted to mm-hmm. or for us to take the heavy lifting, really. That's really what it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So before COVID hit, we already had a plan. Let's start fleshing out the platform and have some lots of out-of-the-box stuff on there and let's just slowly work through that. COVID hit and, of course, we took a hit. Everyone in training took a hit. People stopped training. There was no money. Yeah. What's happened out of COVID is people still need to train, but they're all watching their money. So they're not really spending like they used to spend. So we just got to work, pulled our socks up, had the you know wonderful job keeper that kept us going, mm-hmm. and we just built content. So yep. we went from 12 courses on the platform to 90 Within 12 months. So we've just gone, wham, let's just get there. Mm -hmm. And by doing that, what's happened is what the number of clients I would normally sign in a year, uh, when I say sign loosely because Mm. they're buying credits, right, um, is already double Mm. and I haven't finished the financial year yet. Right. So it's working. It's really working. It's a sort of blessing in a way. You can sort of take stock and then build build up those libraries. It Mm. did. So now I've got a library that's just growing at a rate of knots, informed by market and now starting to really, you know, give our competitors with all these marketplaces, with all these different pieces of, you know, training. Mm. Like LinkedIn Learning, for example, they boast 100,000 courses, but who's got time to look at them? Mm. And they're all different. Yeah. And how am I going to, like, what do I use? And it's complex. And a special shout-out to all our sponsors. Uh, We've now got six sponsors at Startup News that uh, also help us with the podcast, which is part of what Startup News does. Please, guys, go and support them. Space Cube, New Industries Fund, Curt University, City of Perth, RSM, and Dinner Twist. And if you bump into anyone from them, just say thanks and hi from Startup News and Startup West and thank them for what they're doing to support us. Can I take you back to the beginning? Are you Perth born and raised, WA? Yep. Yeah, whereabouts? Um, I was born in Subiaco. Oh, Subi. Okay. <laughs> I think. <laughs> St. John of God, I think it was. Right. And grew up there or No, so um, my parents uh, moved to Karanup. We were um, last house and then there was just sand. And right. then after that we were at Trigg Beach. So, yeah, that's where we were. The Northern yeah. beaches, nice. Northern beaches, yeah. So. And what and were your favourite subjects at school? Um, look, I love geography, which mm-hmm. has got nothing to do with what I do now. Mm-hmm. I loved art. I was really creative. Um, yeah, English, I guess. Yeah. Did you show any leadership potential? Mm. Uh, are you captain of the hockey team or debating club or? Not at school. No. No, um, no I kind of kept a little low profile, but I was very entrepreneurial really, really early oh, on. How did that how? play yeah. out? Uh, well, starts off, you know, as the babysitter at the age of 11, you know, mm-hmm. making your money. Then I went to work at 13 and my mother lied for me and told them I was 15 and they <laughs> believed her. So that was fine. <laughs> so I kept a job at Katie's for two years. Getting paid as 15 and actually 13. Doing what was that? What job was that? Katie's just, you know, retail. retail. 
Oh, right. okay. sorry. Women's fashion, Charlie. Women's fashion. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so sorry. And um, yeah, I'm no. showing my age as no, well. I apologize. Um, I don't think they're together now, though, Katie's. I think they've all become part of Miller's group anyway, whatever. Yeah. Um, but and then off to Woolworths, as you do, and bets and all the stuff you okay. do as I was mm. studying. But um, as soon as I finished uni, I did a teaching degree because that's what you did in those days. You're a nurse or a teacher, whether you wanted to or not. <laughs> Um, and decided very quickly I didn't really want to be a teacher and so right. launched my first business at 22. Wow. What was that? Um, it was um, with my mum, who's actually very entrepreneurial as well. So we were a fashion designer. So we were working wow. in fashion, which has nothing to do with what I do now. Sure, but it made mm. sense from what you're doing earlier. Since yeah. the age of mm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So we were doing that. That business ran very successfully for, I'm just trying to think now, probably 10 years. Oh, wow. And then Australia opened up our markets so that we had imported clothing. Up until then, we didn't. Ah. Yeah. So that meant that the business started to get really impacted. Mm. So from there, I thought, all right, let's go and do something else. So I became, believe it or not, a painter and decorator. Wow. <laughs> I know. And I wasn't just painting walls, yes, but it wasn't because it was back into because I was um, painting clothing and decorating Ah, clothing. So So then, at the time, there was this real um, fashion thing to have columns in your house. Right, if you remember columns, okay, and they're all marbled. Right, so I used to marble them. Ah. I made a fortune. Huh. Yeah, wow. It was very good Italianate money. Italianate marbled columns. <laughs> Correct. And fireplaces Fantastic. and ceiling roses. It was just what was in at the time. Right. So that got me through working in school hours around kids mm-hmm. and right. all of that, which was really great. And then I got divorced, which was fine. Okay. <laughs> Move the first one out and the next one in, who's still with me today, which is a really good move. <laughs> anyway, and then... Um, Decided that it's time to go back to school and educate, so that's put me on to, you know, yeah. finishing Career degrees acting, yeah. and masters in HR and then PhD, PhD right. and then working at ECU as a researcher, which then led me to tap into safety. safety. So there you go. Fabulous and eclectic so career. Then it was back to entrepreneurialism. Yes. I didn't realise you'd done so much before. After academia. So it yes. wasn't such a big leap because you'd sort of done it before. Mm. Oh, I had. Yeah, right. five years in academia was actually more of the challenge than jumping into business again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah. And so now you have an advisory board. Yes. Um, so I presume the actors mentors and yeah. husband works with you and yep. you've got like three other staff. Yep. Um, what do you think of the whole sort of Perth startup scene? How would you categorise it? Is it missing anything big? Does it? Would you like to wish anything away that? Oh, not wish anything away. <laughs> I mean, you know, okay. you can never second guess what others need in the mm. sector. Um. What I would love is, you know, a little bit more for companies our size that are now looking to go international. You know, we kind of need support as well. So there's a lot of um, startup stuff and I sort of grapple every day. Are we a startup or not? Mm. Um, But, you know, that leap internationally is difficult. Yeah. Do you get resellers? You know, they don't Mm. always work Mm. and do you want to be linked to somebody else that may not have such a good brand I don't know yeah do you try and set up overseas well that's super expensive do you just sell online which we do but now it's a major marketing Marketing. exercise Mm -hmm. you know um and so Perth lacks the people with that experience to help you yeah I mean there's not a lot of mentors there's not a lot of funding available for Mm. that you know we use R&D 
which helps us mm-hmm. as sure. well. We're still doing R&D grant, of course, because we're still building out the platform. But, um, yeah, we need more. Like like one that has emerged recently is Livia Humphrey from, mm. you know, Canopy. Mm. Now, I really relate to her story and mm. I really look for her for, you know, mentorship as well. Mm. Yeah. But up until that, I haven't really found a mentor mm. except for our advisory board. She also charges Canopy charged very much the way you charge. Similar model. On use. Yeah. I know. Which is quite clever. I know. I know. Yeah, so yeah, we, yeah. I, I didn't know that until yeah. she'd come back to Perth and I went, wow, mm. you've got a library of, um, you know, videos, same yeah. thing. Mm. Um, you were training, you know, students for other things mm. and in and acting, wasn't it? It was um, more around. Documentaries. Um, yeah. And, yeah, that sort of yeah. stuff. Yeah. And then you were paying per use or charging per clever. use. And mm. I'm going, wow, we're actually doing the same That's thing. How you do it. So mm. we actually weren't that clever after all. Someone else had already done no, it. No, but no, there no. you go. Brilliant. <laughs> Um, and so, you know, you've been in this startup world for, well, many years, we've just learned, but the last seven years in Tap Into Safety. Mm. What about advice? And, you know, you've you've been through the challenges and yeah. and now looking to, to scale internationally. What about advice for those that are in the earlier stages? Look, I think if you think you've got a good idea, first of all, have a go, no question, yep. right? But secondly, I think you need to do your research mm. and see that you're actually solving a problem that the market will pay for. Mm. Otherwise, you're just doing all these wonderful blue sky ideas. You'll spend all your money and that's it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's the best advice there, absolutely. So good. Look, it's been great. I could talk to you all day long, so it's brilliant. Um, we're going to finish with a rapid quickfire round. Oh, so okay. some sort of quick questions. We're going to alternate um, Danelle and myself. Mm-hmm. And Danelle, I've already asked the second one, so we'll skip that one. Okay. Sorry, right. I didn't realise I already... Done that You've earlier. jumped ahead, Charlie. Uh, so a quick phrase or word or whatever that jumps into your head. But you ask the first one, then I'll skip to number All three. Right. You ready, Sue? I am. Okay. <laughs> How would you describe the local startup scene in WA? It's pretty vibrant. I think we're really trying to move um, in WA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I was going to ask if you were to wave your magic wand over the local scene, what would you wish into being? But you've actually answered that mm, one. I did. Uh, which was some help with going international. So. Yeah. What's the next big thing you're going to do with your business? Our focus this year is content because it's being driven by the market and obviously moving internationally. That's our two yeah. things that we're looking to do. Exciting. Mm. Yeah. And what's the single most important factor that makes a successful startup? Oh, heavens. Mm. Um, solving a problem that yeah. the market will pay for. Yeah, customer <laughs> problem that they'll yeah. pay for. How can anyone listening to this help you? Oh, well, obviously, introduce me to anybody that might be a client. Hmm. <laughs> Secondly, I guess um, if they were interested in partnering and it was something that we could do together would be useful. Mm-hmm. Um, do they know anybody in the international market that could be a reseller, mm-hmm. perhaps? Mm-hmm. Great. And yeah. how do they get in touch with you? What's the best way? Uh, well, yeah, you can look at the website, tappingtosafety.com.au. There's our um, contact form or you can yep. email me, subarn at tappingtosafety.com.au or you Perfect. can find me if you want. I mean, <laughs> All right. You know, you your phone number out, <laughs> no, I won't. <laughs> okay, last rapid fire. Is there a passing message that you want to leave our listeners with? Yeah, as I was just saying, you know, if you have a good idea, definitely have a go, but do your research first. Are mm. you solving a problem and will the market pay for it? Yeah, good message. Mm. Thanks, Sue. I want to wish you and the Tap Into Safety team all the best for the future, your plans for this year, new content going overseas. We'll be watching with great interest. And I want to thank our sponsors. Startup West is brought to you by Startup News and is made possible by support from Space Cube, the New Industries Fund, 
Curtin University, City of Perth, RSM and Dinner Twist. And we recorded this podcast at the Riff Podcast Studios in beautiful downtown Perth in Western Australia. Don't forget to subscribe to Startup West on your fave pod platform so our latest episodes appear in your feed. And if you like what you hear, please leave us a review. We'd absolutely love to hear from you. Thanks, Sue. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks. I'd also like to thank those that really made Series 2 such a success in 2020, despite all the challenges we had last year. Carly Norman, you were just fantastic, uh, getting us some really good people to talk to, doing it over Zoom, being so funny and positive and uh, asking great, great questions. Uh, And I really enjoyed co-hosting with you all the way through the last year. It's great that Danelle Cross is continuing. She's awesome. Um, Works really hard for startups down at Curtin University. Carly has moved down to Margaret River and uh, we hope you're having a great time down there. She's been meaning to get down there for about 10 years and she's finally got down there and she's still working in startup land, mesh points and uh, associated with the base cube. So all the best, Carly. Uh, for 2021. I hope you listen to the podcast and uh, spread the word in the regions. Mm-hmm.